We have made it to the area round of the Texas High School Football Playoffs. Hello, everyone. Ryan Fox here, joined alongside Kenny Heath. And welcome to the Central Texas Football Podcast, Episode 14, the Area Round Edition. And Kenny, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Uh, the the games have shrunk a little bit. We don't have as many this this week, but the quality is there. And man, you look at some of these regions, they're starting to round out, and there's some great games this week. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, yeah, we we covered a little over 40 games last week, and now we're down to 19. A lot of Central Texas teams going out last week, but again, a lot of them played each other in the first round as well. So we're only down to 19 matchups here from all the districts, all the teams from the districts that we've covered throughout the year. And before we dive into those, we will start, as we always do, with our Matt Step question of the week. And the question was, give us two games you would pay your own money to, to watch in the Super Centex region and why. And Matt Stubbs' answer, first answer was, quote, Belton and Brenham is my first one. This is a game of two legacy programs in the area right down the road in Bryan. I think it'll be a close game and very competitive. And then the second game uh, is the game that consists of Waco Connolly. They'll be taking on Hampshire Finette later this week. Uh, he said he's super intrigued by this game. No one in 4A Division II has a trio like Connolly has. But can the supporting cast do enough to hold up their end against a really battle-tested Hampshire Finette bunch. And that three-headed monster that Mastin mentioned, we've been talking about them all year, uh, Jelani McDonald, Kobe Black, and that man, Kiefer Sibley. They have, I mean, they might have the best trio in the entire state, pound for pound, Kenny. Yeah, and I think early in our preview, we were like, okay, Conley always has, they always have the studs. Now, can they make that into a playoff run uh coach garrett this is his second year uh, when coach anderson's there you know he had dudes all just lined up and uh you know they did all right but you know they never made a deep deep run so now this Conley team i think has the firepower and the kids to to do some damage albeit it's a very very deep and tough region mm, absolutely and for for division two just a, a tough classification overall and it doesn't get any easier we'll touch on this game a little bit down the road but they got Hampshire Finette and Willis this week Hampshire Finette's a really really good team Kenny and again we'll dive into it as we go further into the show but especially Hampshire Finette's a good team especially defensively yeah and I don't know a whole lot about them I'll kind of look at their stats but it's going to be tough yeah and then you get past those guys and it's going to get tougher and tougher and tougher until you know Belleville Silsby's up on the top half of the brass uh Quero's down at the bottom it's going to be it's going to be tough yeah absolutely four division two is going to be really really fun to keep an eye on throughout the playoffs and so again as we mentioned before we have 19 games we'll touch on like a lot like last week we probably won't go super in depth on every single game but we will for sure touch on all 19 games that we have on the run sheet today but before we dive into our games today we had a chance to sit down or Kenny did had a chance to sit down with Jack Allen the sports director at KXXV channel 25 we had him on the show uh, earlier this year towards the beginning of football season so we appreciate Jack for joining us again and here is Kenny's interview with Jack Allen all right I'm here with Jack Allen sports director at KXXV sports channel uh, 25 in Waco Jack how you doing buddy Hey, I'm doing good. Every day's a new adventure, right? Yes, sir. So here we are, second round of the playoffs. Uh, what are you thinking about? What do you think about last week? Any surprises? Any anything that kind of piqued your interest? You know, it's it's weird because the first week of the playoffs, after 
you know, a great regular season always feels like a bit of a dud because you get a lot of those one versus four matchups. There's a lot of uh, blowouts that are kind of scheduled. And so it almost feels like you take a step back in the first round because there's so much that, that goes according to plan. But then every now and then you have those, those weird results that kind of, like you said, pique your interest. Uh, one of them for me was Riesel. Uh, it's the second straight year that they had to win their last game on week 11 just to make the playoffs as the four seed in their district. And then the second straight year that they go in in the first round and they win as the four seed in their district. That's a team that knows how to play well when it matters, that kind of gets hot at the right time. And Coach Crow over there and Riesel, um, he always does a good job just finding a way to make it happen. And so it wouldn't surprise me if they got another win this week. So that was a team that really stood out to me. And then the other big one for me was just Lorena Columbus. I felt bad for Lorena. They got just such a bad draw for a first-round game. That was a top-ten matchup in the by-district round, and Lorena lost on a game-winning field goal. So you go from uh, playing and winning a state championship last year to going one-and-done in the tournament this year. Um, uh, that was a good ball team that just ran into a slightly better ball team. Uh, and so that one was fun to watch and keep up with all night. Um, you know, and then we had Harker Heights winning their first playoff game since 2002. Axel won their first one since 2012. So a lot, a lot of fun things going on in that first round. Yeah, and two teams that you mentioned, uh, Axel and Riesel. Uh, I mean, I don't know, at the beginning of the year, you know, you, like you said, Coach – Crow has done a great job, but they got a great chance of both those teams going three rounds deep this this year. And I don't know that you would have thought that uh, when the season started. Exactly. And, and Axel has been a fun story. They, their district kind of shifted around. Obviously, they got a new coach. And you started – I know for me, I started looking at the schedule um, early on in the year, and it wasn't very deep. And so I thought that – they had the chance to win a district. I, I even was saying there's a shot that they could go undefeated in the regular season just out of nowhere because they, they just didn't have that strong of a schedule when you looked at it. Um, but then my thought was once they get to the playoffs, oh, they're going to be in trouble, and especially paired up against that District 8-2A with the Crawfords and the, all that stuff. And they came out against Rosebud Lot, and I was there at that game uh, on Thursday night. And they were they matched Rosebud Lot blow for blow, and they got that final touchdown and extra point with it was like four minutes and twenty seconds left. They scored and kicked the extra point to go up by one, and then they just shut shut down Rosebud Lot in the second half. And it was really impressive to see the way that they rose to the level of their competition. And then, like you said, this week they've got Hamilton, who's another one of those four over one upsets, and so. Um, I could see Axel, you know, making making it a, a, a deeper run than I thought they would at the beginning of the year. For Riesel, dropping down from 3A, I, I was expecting more of them out of district. I thought they were going to finish third in that district behind Crawford and Marlin. Um, but now that they're in the playoffs, now that they are finally feel like they're, they've got that thing cranked up and the train is rolling and it's going down the tracks, um, like I said, I could see them winning another one or two games going forward. I know the schedule gets a little bit tougher there in round three for them, though. Yeah, what a tough region. I mean, you got some great matchups this week. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Uh, the Crawford-Coleman game, I mean, I think Crawford's the favorite, but Coleman 
really good team. And then you got a, a rematch from last year in Toler and Marlin. That that little region right there is tough, man. Oh, that's the, those are the games that I'm most looking forward to this week. Is that I'm gonna try to get up there on Thursday to that Marlin Toler game, um, and. That one really intrigues me. Toler's been so consistent all year. Marlin has been the opposite of consistent, but they finally feel like they're starting to round into form. And so, um, you know, I think if Marlin can win against Toler, they can beat anybody in that region. And the same goes for, for Crawford. I think Crawford still is the favorite in that region, but to draw a second round matchup like Coleman, a team that's been ranked in the top 10 at a couple points this year. I, I can't remember if they still are. Um, but the, to draw that in the second round as a region favorite is a, is a tough draw for Crawford. But I think it'll go to show whether or not they're an actual contender um, in the state and especially in that region. Let's hop, let's hop up to 3A D1. District 7 still has three teams alive. Uh, Grandview, West, Whitney. I don't think those East Texas teams are probably as tough, you know, with Mount Vernon losing their quarterback. I really think it's probably a West Grandview Malakoff region right now. I don't think any of those East Texas teams really stand out. That, that, that's the feeling. I mean, you always have your your Pospers, your White Whitesboros that are gonna. I think I think that that Whitney game will be interesting. I think that Pospers will probably be the favorite coming into that one. Um, but Whitney showed their medal this past week um, and showed that they can take care of business when they need to against a, a T team that had really kind of rounded into form at the end of the season. Um, and so that one will be a fun one. But like you said, I think this is a, a three-horse race for the most part between West, uh, Grandview, and Malakoff. West, I was hoping would impress me a lot more in the by district round. I was there on Thursday night for the first half uh, and a little bit of the second half um, against Bahia. And West could not get anything going on offense. They broke one long touchdown run on the first drive of the game. That was like 50, 60 yards. And then after that, they could not move the ball for anything. In the second half, they benefited from a from a poor punt and scored on like a 20-yard drive um, and then kind of finally put the nail in the coffin late. But against a Mahaya team that had really struggled at points throughout the year, uh, I thought West would come out and dominate a lot more than they did. And so I had them as my favorite coming in. Now I really think it's anyone's race. Balakoff has impressed me a lot. Um, Grandview obviously is always good, but they lost and had that dud against West during the regular season. I still think it's West to lose. However, I mean, after round one, I think it's a lot more wide open than, than it felt. And then let's go down to uh... – 2A, D2, we still got Mart, and I think Wortham may be kind of on your outside edge of coverage. You still got those teams uh, involved, and I really look for them to rematch again in the, in the regional finals. I thought Dawson had a chance to maybe play Mart, uh, play Wortham again, but they got beat. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that Wortham-Mart uh, rematch if it happens. A lot's got to happen, but if it happens, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, and, and I mean – the thing is that, that that region runs through Mart and through Mart exclusively. And it, Wortham is kind of running into the problem that Chilton has run into in the past. Chilton last year lost two games 
One was in the district championship against Mark. One was in the region final against Mark. And Wortham looks like they're on track for a similar kind of, you know, they, their only district losses to Mark, their only region losses to Mark. And so um, I, Mark is, I think, head and shoulders above everybody else in their region. I think they're going to cruise until the state semis. And then I'm more intrigued with the region that they're paired up with talking about that Chilton team they're still undefeated they rolled through a really tough district that had Chilton Bremond Granger and Milano all four of which were um ranked in the top 10 at different points throughout the season um and then in that region you also have Burton and Fall City who are also really good teams yes. and so that that's a, a region that is a knockout drag out one and I want to see if Chilton really is the real deal they they should be comfortably uh favorites this week but then it gets a lot tougher in that third round for them and they're a team that I think if there's going to be someone that challenges Mark between now and a state championship it's going to be either Chilton or Burton out of that region four um, and so to see who from that region emerges and whether they can take all the Titans that are marked, like that's, that's the thing in two, a division two that really stands out to me right now. Yeah. And I've, I've, we've heard rumblings, uh, that this is one of the better Mark teams that's been around since, you know, in a while. So it, I, I think you're exactly right. I think it's theirs to lose and let's go up. So like you said, Harker Heights first playoff win since 2012 or 2002, is that 2002. 2002. Yeah. So you got them versus Roy City. And the bigger schools, you got Belton and Bryan. And then, man, unfortunately for University, they run into Fort Ben Marshall, who is a buzzsaw right now. Yeah, and that's, you know, Kent Laster and that crew, they're going to go try to try to shock the world. But I think for the first time in a while, they're going to be heavy underdogs. Uh, Fort Ben Marshall is, is maybe the best team in 5A Division II across the whole state. Certainly in their region, they're the favorites. Uh, and so um, it's going to be interesting to see whether University can at least make that a game. That's what I, I just want to see them be competitive and not not have it be 21 to nothing early in the first quarter. Um, but Ken Lasser, them, they've got momentum, they've got energy, so they're going to try to go shock the state. Um, I'm, so I'm excited to see just how that plays out. Belton is a team that intrigued me. It's another game where, that I was at on Friday night when it was miserable and cold <laughs> and windy and gross, and Belton couldn't do much, and I think the conditions played a lot into that despite playing a not very good Austin Northeast team. Um, and so I'm very intrigued. They play against a Brenham team this week that almost won a district title, went toe-to-toe with Lake Creek. Um, so that's one that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun to keep up with. I feel like it's that's gonna be like a 28-30 kind of game. And the question is gonna be whether Belton can control the ground game like they did in district play and like they kind of did against university. Um, they're a team that, interestingly enough, Belton has been playing football for 120 years or so. They've only made the third round three times, Ooh. and they have never made it past the third round. So this is a team that's chasing a lot of history if they can get a big win this week. Okay, real quick, let's jump down to 4A. Uh you got China Spring versus Kaufman, which may, you know, that's that's going to be a bit of a challenge for them. They, they play tougher teams. But, man, if you look at Conley and, and that region they're in with 
uh, Quero, Belleville, Silsby. That that's and they've got a tough game against Hampshire Fannin. That's going to be a tough task for them to get to the regional finals. For sure, and I will say, Quero showed that they're beatable this week. They were down seven nothing to Salado, who was the four seed out of Connolly's district mm-hmm. up until I think Quero scored with like four and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter and then won it in overtime. And so if you're Connolly, you're sitting there going, okay, this is not as straightforward as a lot of people would have thought. But like you said, there's so many other teams in there too that you have to get through just to get to that point. Um, And so I think that Connolly has the playmakers, and we talked about this a bit earlier this year, before the LaVega game. It's like Connolly has the athletes. Do they have the stuff in the trenches to make it happen. And I think that side of the ball has really developed to make them a contender. As of China Spring, uh, China Spring is just so good. And then offensively, they're a team that you'll blink and they put up 21 points on you. And I think Kaufman is definitely, definitely going to be a step up from Fort Worth Western Hills, who China Spring beat so badly that they had a running clock for the entire second half. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Coffin's going to be better than that, but I still don't think that they're at a point where they can they can really compete with China Springs. Well, I'm expecting that one to be pretty comfortable for the Cougars. All right, Jack. So Thursday, you say you're going up to Crowley to watch uh, Toller. And well, I'm, I'm going to try to be – we try to cover as many games as we can for our shows and stuff. So I'm going to try to catch the first quarter of the Whitney game over in Mesquite and then drive all the way across the NW <laughs> to Crowley Goodness. and catch the second half of that Marlin game and talk to Coach Torres afterwards. Um, so it's going to be a long night for me on the roads, but uh, we're looking forward to that. Are you going to get back out there Friday? You got you got a game Friday night? So Friday I'm going to stay in the Waco area. We've got that Axel Hamilton game uh, at Midway, and then the Harker Heights Roy City game is at Waco ISD Stadium this week. So I'm able to stay in Waco on Friday night, and then we have our uh, last red zone full show of the year um, after this, we start having not enough teams and not enough uh, photographers with Thanksgiving and everything, so we kind of go to a to a shorter deal. But this is the last week. We'll, we'll at ten ten we pick up and we carry it until ten thirty two or whatever it is. So um, you know we, we'll we'll have probably thirteen games from across the area that we're bringing. So we're excited. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you hopping on and uh, safe travels Friday, uh, Thursday, and Friday, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you sometime. In a week or two, maybe, one of these teams are making a run to the state championship. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And that was Kenny's interview with the sports director at KXXV Channel 25, Jack Allen. Thanks again for Mr. Allen for joining us on today's show. And now let's dive into our games. We'll start in Class 6A, the Harker Heights Knights looking for their first playoff win, or they just got their first playoff win uh, since 2002, as Jack just mentioned, uh, they'll be taking on Roy City, and this game will be played Friday night at Waco ISD Stadium. Um, this should be an interesting matchup here, Kenny. Roy City has kind of snuck into the playoffs a little bit. Harker Heights has been dominant all year long. Again, their one po- their one loss on the season was a one-point loss against Odessa Permian at Ratliff Stadium. And if you're going to have one loss on the year, that's probably one you'd want to have. Yeah, and Harker Heights, their defense is great. Mm-hmm. They've got a tremendous runner back in Mr. Sanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, he rushed for 160 yards last week. 
Uh, I got Harker Heights, man, rolling on, and they're going to they're gonna face a team down south somewhere. I agree. And when you look at this path that they're on, you know, winning that district really, really helped. You know, they had that key district matchup against Temple a few weeks back, and they won, uh, securing the number one seed in the district championship for them. And they have a really nice path. They can make a little run here to make it to the region finals. It'll be really, really interesting to see how far the Knights go, but I'm with you. I'll take the Knights uh, by a comfortable margin here against Royce City. And then our next game, uh, one of the games that Matt Stepp touched on at the top of the show, we have Belton taking on Brenham. Uh, this game will be played Friday night at Merrill Green Stadium in Bryan, Texas. And the, the intrigue behind this matchup, Kenny, is that these teams have already played each other this year. Yeah, and they have. And I hate to always look ahead, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to get easier because no. you've got Austin LBJ mm-hmm. more than likely after this one. And uh, – I like Belton. Now, I think they're going to roll. I think uh, what coach over there, he's doing a great job. And, yeah, I'm going to go with Belton. Yeah, I'm going to take Belton in a close one too. But, again, you, you're not, I know you're not supposed to compare scores, but back in week two when these two teams played each other in Brenham, Brenham won 42-7. to But when you look back at that game, Belton was missing four or five key starters on both sides of the ball. And that game went into – Almost a three-hour rain delay in Brenham as well. So there was a lot of contributing factors into that game, and that just Belton fell flat. But Belton right now is a much different team than they were all the way back in Week Two. And I think it's hard to beat a good team twice. I, I'm with you. I think I'll take. I think it'll be a tight game. I think it'll be a lot more competitive than the first go around. But I'll take Belton to get revenge here and move on to Round Three. Then our next game, moving down to or staying in Class Five A Division Two. We have the University Trojans taking on the number one ranked Fort Ben Marshall Buffaloes. <laughs> this stadium will be played at Buffalo Stadium in Giddings. So, interesting matchup here. University last week, uh, 34-21 winners over Austin McCallum, securing the Trojans' first bi-district championship in 13 years. And I was, re- I was at that game, calling that game over on Star 104.9 for the Trojans. That was a really, really fun game. And Trojans showed a, ro- a lot of resiliency that game, Kenny. They fell fourteen, f- fell down 14 nothing early at the end of the first quarter. Austin McCallum led. And then I don't know what happened in that little uh, interval between the first and second quarters, but that light bulb just flicked right on. Yeah, they and came back and scored 21. 21 unanswered. Yeah, 21 unanswered. And then they took the seven-point lead into halftime. And in the second half, they pretty much – we're on cruise control for the most part. They made a couple mistakes, but they were able to force a couple key turnovers. Like they had two interceptions, both in on their own side of the field. McCallum had driven the ball into Trojan territory, and the Trojan secondary was able to come up with a couple huge interceptions, which kind of sealed the game there. Especially uh, the last play of the game is the time expired. Najee Drake's got an interception as well, his second of the game. So it was a great job, especially by that Trojan uh, defense from the – Second through fourth quarters, they only gave up one touchdown, so they they really stepped it up there, and it was a really, really nice performance for the Trojans. Well, when I look at this bracket and I look at the seeding, and this is why it's so important, because if you're Waco University, if you're the second seed, you got Lake Creek this week. Mm -hmm. If you're the first seed, you got Brenham, but you're the third seed, and you got a buzzsaw in Fort Mm -hmm. Bend Marshall. And, man, it's just so crucial. And it came down to a last-second field goal, and I feel sorry for those guys. Yeah. But I just got to go Fort Ben Marshall this week. Yeah, it's – I hate to say it, but I'm inclined to agree. Look, 
Fort Ben Marshall buzzsaw was the right word you used. They've lost six games in the last five years, Kenny. And this season, they're absolutely unbelievable. They have – on offense, they score 41 points per game. On defense, they only give up six. So they're very, 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 very good on both sides of the ball. James Williams, head coach over there at Fort Ben Marshall, he's in his 13th year with the Buffalo, so he has his system rolling. They played for a state championship a few years back against Alito. Lost that one, but hey, they made it. So, you know, they've always had athletes. They're a really, really strong program on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I, I believe in this. I mean, I've been I've been following this university Trojan team all year long. I've seen them go from 0-10 to by district champion. So anything can happen, but it's just it's a really, really tall task to ask of the Trojans, and I hate to say it, but I think the University Trojans' magical season comes to an end. But with this Trojan team, they're very young. They're going to return almost the house next year. They'll have to they'll have to replace you know their superstar running back Makai Sandoff, who's getting some looks uh, from West Texas A and M and schools in the LSC. But you know it's they got a really really good core of young talent. They have a sophomore Ladarius Evans. He's gotten a lot of a lot of carries as well. He has just over 600 yards and seven touchdowns on the year as a sophomore. He didn't even start at the on varsity at the beginning of the season. He he got moved up early in the year and he's put up really great numbers. So they got a great foundation laid. If Coach Kent Laster stays, which I'm sure he will, keep keep building this program upwards. I think they'll be a true contender for at least the region for the next few years. It'll be really exciting to see. But unfortunately, I I'm with you. I think the Fort Ben Marshall, top-ranked team in 5A Division II, rolls into Giddings and then takes care of business and moves on to round three. And then a our next game, moving down to Class 4A Division I. Uh, not much to say here. This this game, China Spring against Kaufman. Now, you know, this probably says more about China Spring than it does Kaufman. Kaufman's a really good football team. The, they're 8-3. and three. They have a really good money, running back whose name sl- slips my mind right now. They're, this game will be played Friday night in Corsicana. Man, I mean, China Spring, they've just been rolling all season long. Especially, they got that key signature win a few weeks ago against uh, Stephenville to claim the district championship. They rolled in week one last week against Western Hills. I think they keep rolling here, Kenny. I agree. They got a great running game. Braxton Garman is the running back you're you're thinking of. Uh, I just, but when you look at the schedules and you combine, you know, Coffin hasn't been tested like Mm -hmm. China Spring has. And, China Spring, in my mind, is the they're the they're the favorite to win that state championship, and you just can't mm-hmm. you cannot uh, until they get beat. I'm not I'm not going to vote against them. I think China Spring is going to take this one. I agree as well. And so now it's moved down or staying in Class Four A. Uh, this game being played at San Angelo on Friday night. Glen Rose taking on Fort Stockton. What do you see in this game, Kenny? Well, you know, I don't know much about Fort Stockton, uh, but I do know about Glen Rose, and yep. I think Hudson White is the cream of the crop in 4A uh, D2, and he's just a stud. And mm-hmm. uh, we talked about last week, you know, Coach Ryan Ebner at Glen, uh, Grandview was like, you cannot scheme for that kid because he's just such a great football player. And, you know, I think Glen Rose, they'll take care of business. I agree as well. And now uh, – our next game, this game will be played in Willis on Friday night. The Connolly Cadets, this is also one of the games that Matt Stepp mentioned at the top of the show. Connolly taking on Hampshire Finette. Again, this game will be played Friday night in Willis. And 
Carla, we talked about it before. They had that three-headed monster and Jelani McDonald, uh, Kiefer Sibley, and Kobe Black. And then you look at their body of work. They've put, they've won some really big football games. They beat La Vega. And even you look at the two games they lost. They're 9-2. They're and two. Their two losses are to China Spring. You know, no shame there. And then to uh, another ranked team, Brownwood, yeah. for a Division One, a whole classification above them. So... They're battle tested. They're unbelievably athletic, and you gotta think they weren't healthy for most of the year. They lost Jelani McDonald, their quarterback, for a couple weeks. But it seems as right now they're playing fully healthy. That running game with Kiefer Sibley has been absolutely electric, as you mentioned before, Kenny. Over 160 rushing yards last week. They're just rolling right now. Yeah, and the two losses they had, Jelani McDonald wasn't wasn't in there. He exactly. he wasn't playing. So that says a lot to me. Uh, yeah, and, and I know Hampshire fans, it's a, a battle-tested team. They played Silsby. They lost a close one to Silsby. This is going to be a fun matchup. But, I, you know, this whole region, dude, is, is uh, crazy. And I've got Conley uh, winning this game. And, you know, I've got them, you know, possibly headed to a regional uh, championship. Yeah, so. I, I mean, it's hard to agree with that. I mean, they've just been really, really – they've been cooking as of late, especially offensively. It's just really, really, really nice to see them pick things up this year. But – I'm with you. Hampshire and Fanet are really – both teams are battle-tested. Both teams have had really, really tough competition, and they've come out of the other side clean, and most of them, you know, it's going to be a really, really fun ball game. One of the more underrated matchups across the state, in my opinion, this week. But I'm with you. I'll take Connolly to take this and move on to the regional semis. And if you look at that region, region three there, you've got Connolly, Quero in the bottom half, and, you know, Quero's got Sealy. Conley's got Hampshire fan it. Then you go up to the top side and you got Silsby against Smithville and Belleville and Madisonville. So next round, you could possibly have Silsby and Belleville going at it and then a, maybe a Quero and a Conley. And that is a super tough region. Oh, and, uh, man, I just hate it for those coaches because you're that far, you got a great team, and then you run into somebody like that. That's just tough. But if you make it out of that, then you got a good chance to win the region and maybe even make it to the state championship just because of your body of work. Just oh, absolutely. That. But on the flip side, you could also be so battle-tested and so beaten up from just the tough competition you play. Who knows? But either way, it just makes for really, really fun football. But uh, we're in agreement here. Connolly, I think they will take care of business against Hampshire. Finette. Then moving down now to Class 3A, we have Pottsboro taking on the Whitney Wildcats. This game will be played at Memorial Stadium in Mesquite uh, Thursday night. Uh, this will be interesting matchup here. Uh, Whitney, uh, being the lower seed last week against Teague, came out on top 38-15. Uh, to 15, And, you know, that was – Teague got a couple, you know, late scores there to make it a little bit closer than it seemed because Whitney led, what, 38-7 going into the fourth quarter, Kenny? Yeah, and, you know – a lot of people picked Teague to win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teague's very athletic. Uh, yes, they were. But the I quarterback. Think, yes, wow. yeah. And I think that was probably the best. You know, I've watched just about all their games this year. You know, we, we we're not hiding it. We're, we're both from Whitney, mm-hmm. and uh, that was the best game I've seen Whitney play this year. Just all around. And you know, they still left a little bit of meat on the bone. You know, they they made mistakes just like Teague made mistakes. Uh, I saw a lot. I mean, if you're into reading the forums and the and the chats and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the the excuse for Teague was, "Hey, these guys are young." Well, Whitney's but, pretty young well, too. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback's a sophomore. Yeah, sophomore, and they got juniors and sophomores at receivers. Uh, the one senior they have at running back, and he's the backup, and because mm-hmm. their starter is hurt, and he he may be back this week. I don't know for sure that yet. Be, that would be huge. If, They're waiting if on that. Wilson yeah, comes back. So. Uh, and, you know, 
last year, uh, you know, this District 7 third-place team ran into the – I think it's District 5, they're, you know, Mount Vernon. And uh, Mount Vernon was a buzzsaw last year. And, they, yes. you know, they're just, you know, probably should have beat Brock and should have been playing in, in a state championship mm-hmm. game. I agree. This Pospero team, in my mind, is, is nowhere near what Mount Vernon was this year. I, and I think this is a very winnable game for Whitney. Mm-hmm. If they play the game, they can play. And, and you can say that about a lot of games. But uh, I think Whitney definitely can do it. And, and I'm going to pick the upset here. And I think Whitney's going to take this one. Yeah, um, I'm going with the homer pick as well. I think Whitney takes it in a close one. But, you know, the – they they have to play their best game of the year in order to do so. Um, Pottsboro is there. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think they're at the same level that last year's Mount Vernon team was, as opposed to being absolutely dominant. But you look, Pottsboro. They won their district. They won every game they're supposed to. They've been really really good this year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're not, not taking we're not anything knocking, away no. from Pottsboro because tremendous football team. Yeah, uh, they like to they, they run kind of a spread offense and they like to run the ball. Uh, one thing that probably hadn't talked about this year is uh, Whitney has a, a very opportunistic defense. They, they, they've got several turnovers. Uh, they've returned a, a few uh, interceptions for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they've scored some uh, points on turnovers. And like last week, you know, I thought it was going to be a special teams type play. And that's really what got Whitney going. Mm-hmm. That Jared Anderson uh, punt return down inside the 20 mm-hmm. uh, early in, or late in the first quarter. That's what got the scoring going for Whitney. And I think you're probably going to look for something like that this week. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, a defensive score or, you know, interception to, to get them back down in there on the other side of the field or a, a special teams play that's going to kind of get Whitney going. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a really, really fun matchup. The thing for Whitney, if they want to have a chance at this game, they got to jump on them early. They got to, you know, impose their will early. Especially if, if Tristan Wilson, that senior running back, if he's back this week from that collarbone, that'll be huge because it'll help establish a run game that you know they've still been able to run the football with uh, Demarion Johnson, but still having that one-two punch because Wilson's more of a or Wilson, uh, Johnson's more of a power back. You know, he's the short little guy. He can get the tough yards. Yeah. But, um, you know, Tristan Wilson's that change of pace guy. He's very, very fast. He can he can make it to the edge and hit the sideline. It'll be really, really huge for the Whitney offense. Because they don't want to – Mason Seeley, he's young. He's a sophomore. It's only his second playoff game ever. They don't want to put too much on his shoulders. You know, yeah. they want to try to establish the run game early, keep the offense as balanced as possible to keep that Pottsboro defense guessing – well, we'll have to see, but well, that's that. Yeah, real quick, you know, we don't want to spend too much time on our homer picks, but that's the thing about all year about Mason Seeley. If you watch that kid play, you do not think he's a sophomore. No, he looks true, like a senior. Nothing gets to him. I mean, it, it's they do that tempo offense, and he doesn't look like he lets the last play. If if it's a bad play, he doesn't let it. Bo- if he if he overthrows or a bad throw he, or whatever, he just lets it go, and, and it's on to the next play. And, and that tempo offense, that's what you got to do. You cannot dwell on the patch. You got to go. And the way Sealy commands the offense, it would make you think that Coach Haynes has been here since Sealy was in sixth grade. I mean, he just he <laughs> yeah. doesn't he knows it like the back of his own hand. And he's able to make audibles at the line of scrimmage as a sophomore, and they trust him with that as well. He's very very smart. He just but he's young. We'll just have to see how he does. But it'll be a really really fun matchup. But and I'll I'll get to see this one. This is only the second time I'm getting to see Whitney play this year. Since they play Thursday night, University, the game I broadcast, will be Friday night. So I'll get to see it. I'm really excited for this Good. one. That's great. So we'll stay in Class 3A Division One now. Miniola taking on – actually, no, before we do that, 
uh, we you sat down with the head coach of the Whitney Wildcats, did, yeah. Coach David Haynes Jr., and we'll have that for you right now. All right, I'm here with Coach David Haynes Jr., athletic director, head football coach for the Whitney Wildcats. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? We're doing good, man. Hey, before we start on, uh, you know, last week, this week, your season, first year at Whitney, uh, and we had talked about it just a while ago, so several, a handful of times over this year, I've, I've just cold texted coaches and said, hey, would you come on the podcast? Like three or four times, they have mixed me up with the recruiter and just started sending me info going, hey, this guy's great. This guy, you know, you need to come watch him. So that had me thinking. So how much work do y'all do behind the scenes to try to get some of these kids seen? You know, and I know, Whitney, you got two seniors and uh, your long snapper, uh, Mr. Uh, Dublin. And then you got a big left tackle that both, uh, Canyon Massinger, that both camped a lot over the summer. And some of them were, you know, they were MVPs of these camps and probably not getting the looks that you think they would. And then you got your son, Trey, who was highly decorated his sophomore year. And then uh, you got a kicker that's probably going to be, you know, in there. So how hard is it to get people to come look at these guys when you're a small 3A school? Man, I really believe if you're a football player, they'll come. They'll come find you. Um, I, I was fortunate enough. I played Division One football at SMU, and I came from a two-way high school. So, I mean, like I said, if you can play, they'll come find you. But um, to answer your other question, it is extremely hard and a busy deal. I'm always in college coaches' DMs and trying to get people to come see. Uh, you know, see, come to Whitney and see what type of kids we got. We really got some good kids. You name two of them with Kenya Massengale and John Dublin. They're both great kids, high character kids, and their grades are off the chart. And then our junior class is very strong. We have my son, David Hayes, the third. You got Jared and Anderson. You got Marcus Wilson, just another group of a good group of kids. And then that 2025 class, I mean, our kicker, I mean, he, he does a great job. He can kick the heck out of it with Carson Griffin. So we got kids all throughout this program and just um, hopefully we can win enough games to get them over here. Great answer. I appreciate you answering that. Okay, so let's start now. First year at Whitney, we talked to you earlier in the year, uh, you know, just about, I, I forgot who we had, but so you, you ended the season at seven and three. Uh, fortunately, you had more highs and lows, but it was kind of a, you know, one of those football seasons and uh, going into the first round of the playoffs, you know, not a whole lot of people were picking Whitney, but y'all, y'all, uh, y'all came out and I think you surprised a lot of people. Uh, what was your, you know, what, what was the team like going in? Were they ready to prove everybody wrong or was it just another game and backs against the wall and let's go take care of business? Um, I've said this before to a lot of people and I'm going to continue to say it. The games that we've lost this year, I felt that they were all fault. Like they were all fault. And so we, we work on ourselves. We really do. Uh, we focus on, you know, taking care of the ball and running great routes and practice and catching and all that. And then the same thing on the defensive side, we focus on ourselves as far as tackling, lining up correctly. So I feel that if we can do those and not have self-inflicted wounds, that we'll be a good team. And it showed up on Friday night. I thought that was our best game of the year, and we're still not even close to peaking. So going into that T game, and, you know, I don't know if you pay attention to the – to the forums and the chats and all this stuff. But a lot of people were like, well, Teague's a really young team. And then after Whitney won, they were saying, well, Teague's really young. But, you know, Whitney's, you know, they're they're pretty young too. You've got a lot of sophomores and a lot of uh, uh, juniors out there touching the ball. 
Yes, sir. We're very. I still think we're very young. Some of these kids, this will be their, I guess, their twelfth game. So that, that, I mean, we got some experience like that. But we got a sophomore quarterback that just this is his first year starting, and he's done a great job. We got junior receivers. We got junior linebackers. We got sophomore linebackers. Like we're we're extremely young. We got some seniors that are talented. But um, I think we're young, and then our JV and freshmen, and then our eighth grade class that's coming up. Man, we got pieces to put together some re- some really good football in the next several years. All right, so this Thursday in Mesquite, you got Pottsboro. Coach Poe up there, he does a great job. They're not too far off of a, a state uh, championship game appearance. What do you know about Coach Coach Poe and his guys? I think that they do they do a great job up there. Those kids, man, they're strong and they're physical, and um, that's something that our kids got to match. They we got to match their physicality, and um, they just they don't beat themselves. They do not beat themselves, and they played a tough schedule, and they've won, you know, doing that tough schedule. So we just got to make sure that we come out and we answer their questions. We understand. I mean, not the questions, but I understand we can answer, you know, whatever they do. But they're going to be a, a hard team to beat. But um, we just got to go out there and, and match it. All right, Coach. Well, we appreciate you hopping on. Uh, good luck Thursday night. hope everybody gets through that game uh, safe and healthy. And uh, hopefully we get to talk to you uh, in a week or two. Yes, sir. Sounds great. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Whitney Wildcats, Coach David Haynes, Jr. Thanks again to Coach Haynes for joining us on today's show. And now let's move on to uh, – or stay in Class 3 Division One rather. Mineola taking on the Grandview Zebras. This game will also be played in Mesquite but it'll be played at Hamby Stadium this week. Uh, this is a really, really fun matchup here. Mineola just squeaking into the playoffs, but they have one of the best all-around players in Class 3 and Dawson Pendergrass. Yeah, and he's dirt do-it-all. You know, he'll line up at quarterback, at running back, wide receiver. He plays defense. You know, he's just an all-around stud. He's committed to Baylor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a phenomenal athlete, a great football player. Mm-hmm. But Grandview – has got their own they, guy they, in case in English. And, they have several guys. Yes, and he's <laughs> Kaysen may not be as uh, herald or you know as 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 talk about as uh, Pendergrass, but he is a tremendous football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll line up at quarterback, wide receiver, running back. He plays defense. I mean, Coach Ebner, you know, thinks he's a shutdown corner, and he thinks his freshman, uh, the Allen kid, is a shutdown corner. I just, you know, if 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 Mineola is going to sit there and just try to run the ball against Grandview, I think Grandview shuts them down, and, and and maybe not shut them down, but I think Grandview scores, you know, two or three scores more. And I like Grandview in this one. I agree. I'm going to take Grandview by 14 in this one, and still staying in Class Three Division One, Orangefield taking on the Cameron Yo Yeoman. This game will be played at Iowa Colony Stadium, just near uh, Alvin down there in the Houston area. Um, Cameron Yo, they've been kind of, I don't want to say strange is probably the right word, but they've had like a little bit of an up-and-down season. They've had a lot happen, you know, in the program. and But still, they've overcome a lot of stuff. I think their signature win, what really get, got them going, was back in district when they beat Lorena. Yeah, and, you know, they you know, we talked about last week, they kind of crapped the bed against Franklin. It's mm-hmm. probably still in the back of their minds that they oh, didn't yeah. play as well as they thought they should. They had a pretty good win first week of the playoffs, and I think they're rolling. I got them uh, going on the next round here. And Orangefield's a really, really good team, too. you got to keep that in mind here. But Cameron Yo, you know, they're back. Rick Rose leading the 
leading the Yeoman there. They're eight and three overall, and you know they they kind of. I was kind of interested by that score with Yoakum, 39-28, only 11-point win over Yoakum. That's a Yoakum team. The thing with Yoakum, they started off a little bit slow during the year, but they kind of picked it up towards the end to get into the playoffs. So they're a really competitive team. I think they're very young over there as well. But Cameron, man, they're still really, really good, 8-3 overall for a reason. But this Orangefield team, they're 9-2. and two. Uh, They went undefeated in district. And, you know, it wasn't the most competitive district in the world, but they beat some – Teams with some, you know, some recent playoff pedigree like East Chambers and Buna, Anawak, you know, Kirbyville as well, you know, mm-hmm. and that I mean they're not in two for a reason. You, you are what your record says you are, so it'll be interesting matchup here. But who, who'd you say you took in this one? I got Cameron, and you know, yeah. the, and you talk about that first round game against uh, Yoakum. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Cameron played Yoakum earlier, and, and yeah, pretty did. much. Uh, speedboat them. Yeah. And, you know, it's never easy to beat the same team twice. That's so, true. You, you know, you, you give them a little bit of credit. But, yeah, I like Cameron moving on in this one. I agree as well. Now, staying in Class 3 Division One, not much to say here. That Anahuac, you know, that same district that Orangeville is in, but they're running into Franklin. This game will be played Friday night at Waller ISD Stadium, uh, just down south, just before you hit Houston coming up north. Um yeah, I think Franklin rolls here. Yeah, the, just you know, Anahuac, they had a good uh, win earlier in the year against mm-hmm. East Chambers, and yes, uh, they're probably a, they're a pretty good ball club, but they're you know I think Franklin rolls. Yeah, I agree completely. And that, again, that's something against Anahuac. Just Franklin is just they're a machine, and we've been saying it all year. We, we say it once, you say it a million times, but it's true. And they they just they've always been good, but ever since you know Coach Mark Fannin took over a couple years ago. I mean, every year they've been under Coach Fannin, they've made it to the state championship. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're they're just rolling, and they're going to continue to roll this week as well. And then again, staying in Class 3 Division One, we have West taking on Mount Vernon. This is going to be a fun matchup here. This one's going to be played Friday night at Citibank Stadium in Forney. West coming off a 21-0 victory over Mejia at Waco ISD Stadium last week. Mount Vernon coming off a dominant win over – who did they play? I just I just had it on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Jefferson, they, Tatum. They play Tatum. They Tatum. beat Tatum forty-two to six. Which, you know, I figure I figure Mount Vernon will win that one. But in the fashion that they did, that was, and without Braden Bennett, they haven't yeah. had him. He's out for the year with his knee injury. <laughs> they're still they're still winning big. They are, and you know they got all world running back Mackenzie McGill. He just broke their rushing record, and the, the mm-hmm. kid's a stud. But honestly, I think that kind of plays into West's strength. You know, mm-hmm. West is West is really good against the run, and they've got some athletic dudes at linebacker. Uh, if you try to throw the ball, they got some athletes in the, in the secondary. Now the key is. Uh, West has got to get that offense rolling. That you know, they, it took them a while to get it going against Mahia last week. I think their quarterback is a very underrated runner, mm-hmm. and I think you know maybe we talked about it. You know, the the the, the deal with West was hey, stop the run and make them throw the ball, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I would do if I'm. Mount Vernon, I'm going to load the box and make them throw the ball against you. Mm-hmm. Even if they do that, I, I still got West moving on. Yeah, I mean, West on the defensive side is absolutely dominant. They held they held Mejia to only two first downs last week. That is just unbelievable. And, you know, they've given up – in 11 games, they've only given up, you know, 13 or 14 touchdowns. And on defense, they've scored 10 touchdowns on the defensive side of the ball. They've just been – 
absolutely dominant on the defensive side all year. I believe they have six or seven shutouts, something like that. They've been absolutely unbelievably dominant, and it showed last week. The defense kept them in that game because it was 7 nothing at halftime. Yeah, you know, uh, if you're on Twitter, you're, everybody's tweeting out, hey, what's going on, you know, with West and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, West is going to, you know, Coach Water does a great job over there, and he's going to have his guys ready to go. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's Mejia. Mejia has athletes, you know. that They've played a lot of close games in that district they're at. There's no shame in – beating Mejia 21 to nothing. No. I mean, it's, it's there's no shame in that. And, uh, you know, they're going to be fine this week. It's going to be a great game. I think so, I think, too. I think, and, I, and it's probably going to be a one-score game, but I, I like West in this one. Yeah, the, the, this is a coin flip for me, but I, I, I went with West as well. I think it'll be a really, really close game back and forth. I think this has a chance to be an instant classic. I think, you know, both teams are going to want to run the ball. And, like, exa- I think their game plans defensively is going to be exactly like you said. Try to take the run away from both sides and try to make them force the ball. And, you know, it's just – it's going to be a really interesting class cause, clash because especially when you look at Mount Vernon when they lost Braden Bennett, they pretty much had to run the ball a lot more often than they're particularly used to. And they've had no problem with that. They've still been able to be really, really effective on offense with, with running the ball with Mackenzie McGill. So – It'll be interesting clash here, but I'll take West as well. Now moving down to Class 3 Division 2, Rogers taking on Taft. This game will be playing at Shirts-Clemens Field down there in the – that's in the Houston area, isn't it? Uh, San Antonio. San Antonio area. So, yes, that will be played Friday night in Shirts. Rogers, um, I don't know much about Taft, but Rogers, they've been really, really good. They started off really hot, then kind of fell off a little bit. But you know they they entered the playoffs, you know seven and three got a huge win last week shutout win in surprise fashion as well mm-hmm. over Vlam, Van Vleck twenty two nothing, and that was played last Thursday night. I mean their defense they haven't really shown that they could really really be that dominant, you know like that they'd only had one shutout on the entire year prior to that, and they opened the playoffs with a shutout. So they. They, I think their defense is peaking at the right time. Yeah, and Coach Roden over there, he does, you know, we're going to say it every time we talk about him, he does a great job. What surprises me out of that region is Lexington got beat last yeah. week, and that was, uh, man, my, my surprising. Brothers, yeah. yeah, we had Coach Mole on last week, and I kind of felt bad that we might have jinxed him. Uh, sorry, Coach Mole, we just we really wanted to hear about your team. Uh, but Rogers, yeah, man, that, that you know, we kind of thought that they could get in here and make a run or two, mm-hmm. you know, play two or three rounds deep, and I think they're going to survive and, and move on to the next round. I agree completely. So now let's move on to Class 2A. Uh, Toller taking on Marlin. And before we dive into this game, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Toller Rattlers, Coach Jeremy Mullins, and we'll have that for you right now. Okay, I'm here with Coach Jeremy Mullins, head football coach, athletic director of Toller Rattler High School. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having us on. Hey, Coach, thank you for hopping on. I know you're busy this time of year. Uh, it's, it's a good place to be. It's a good type of busy. Uh, you're getting ready for a rematch with uh, Marlin, who knocked you all out of the playoffs last year. What's your guys' mindset going in, knowing they got that chip on their shoulder going into this week? Yeah, you know, you know, I, I think you always remember uh, certainly the last game of the year, uh, and, and, and how that that ends, that kind of deal. So there, there's no question that that that's 
probably on our mind. Uh, you know, we've done a great job this year, though, and our guys have been mature and, and, and really focusing on on those things that we can control and getting a little bit better every week and uh, playing our best football right right here at the right time. And so I think they've done a good job this week of, of, you know, looking at what we need to work on as far as what Marlon does, but at the same time sharpening our own sword and being ready to go for tomorrow night. Well, Coach, let me go back. Hey, congrats on a great season. Uh, last year y'all had a great season. You're just building on that momentum. Uh You've got a great – I mean, your running back is something else, Mr. Brown. What is – is that like – you know, I've seen his highlights and the dude just a bulldozer, and does that kind of spark the team? Is is he kind of like – does that make everybody else want to go out there and, you know, sacrifice? I, that's a good question, Kenny. I don't guess I've thought thought about it like that, but uh, I, I think we try to hang our hat on, on playing fast and playing physical and – and, and he's certainly both of those. You know, he, he, he runs the ball very physically. He's tough to tackle, uh, and, and he, he's, he's not slow at the same time. And so I, I think, yeah, his, his style of play uh, certainly ignites probably a little energy and, and passion from those around him. And, and, and let's talk about your defense. You've got some guys that are tackle machines, and uh, Mr. Blessing, Mr. Owens. you got a guy with 18 tackles for losses in uh, Wilman. How is that defense? And looking at your district, you know, you you don't give up a whole lot of points. What does that defense mean to this team? If you can play good defense, you got a chance in any game. You know, that, that, I think that's that's always holds true. I, you know, you and I visited it seems like a few weeks ago, probably before the Comb game, and I think we we probably I probably sound just the same as as I did then. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, we. we we know that if we can run the ball and, and, and play really sound and, and tough defense, that, that you got a chance to be in any game, and and, that, and our defense has done that. Uh, they 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 line up good. They play sound. Uh, they understand their role and how they fit and all and all the kind of different calls we make. And then and then they run to the football really well. Uh, and I think that's probably the best group we've had since I've been here at just at, at just doing those things, of understanding their job, and then flying to the football. Coach, before we talk about this week's game, let me ask you this. Uh, being in the region that you're in and starting the season, I mean, what you've got some second-round games that are they're nuts. Coleman and Crawford, you and uh, and and Marlin, and then you got some guys like Axtell and Riesel that kind of are maybe doing a little better than uh, people expected. But, man, knowing when you start the season and you've got kind of a gauntlet of a – of a region to get through what's your mindset hey let's just stay healthy for the playoffs or, or what What are you thinking yeah yeah you know you're staying healthy is always my mindset uh Kitty, you know, that's uh, <laughs> the name of the game and i think those teams that are fortunate to play into december uh, probably catch some good breaks in, in the health department no doubt yeah I, I, we knew going into the year look, looking at the how things lined up that uh if we were fortunate enough to play to the level we thought we could that, that the second round was going to be you know, a good chance of, of Marlin or, or, or Crawford, and, and uh, so not a surprise to us that that, that we're here uh, with this matchup. Uh, you know, if you want to be the best, at some point in time, you're going to have to play somebody that that's that's a high caliber team uh, like like Marlin with the athletes that they have, and so uh, that that's just part of the game. Uh, we'd all like to be handed handed something in, in life, but uh, if you want to do something really special, you're, you're going to have to line up and, and, and beat a beat a worthy opponent. 
Well, as you said, you, you get Marlin this week, and we, we talked to Coach Torres earlier in the year, maybe right before the Crawford game, and uh, he felt good about, you know, he they had a really tough pre-district schedule. He had some dudes injured. He got them all back. They played Crawford pretty well, and they've kind of been rolling through now, so it looks like Marlin's healthy. They're on a roll, and now y'all get these guys in the second round in a rematch, like we said. So what are your thoughts on this Marlin game? They're they're a good football team. Coach Torres has done a really good job of, of coming in there last year and uh, and and getting those guys, uh, you know, to, to play hard. They they uh, they they're athletic on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, they they've got some guys that anytime the ball's in their hand, there's an opportunity uh, for, for them to score. And then defensively, they run to the ball well, uh, playing good up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's it, it, it's going to be a challenge. There's there's no there's no question. I'm I'm excited for our guys though. I think I think they've done a great job of preparing from August one to this point in time of the year to give themselves an opportunity to go play with and beat a team uh, like Marlin. So uh, it, it's a challenge, no doubt. Uh, but but we're certainly excited and looking forward to it. Hey, coach, we appreciate you hopping on. We know you're really busy this time of year. You're getting prepped for your game. Uh, good luck to you. And I uh, hope everybody gets through that game on both sides healthy and, and safe. And uh, good luck this weekend. Hey, appreciate you, Kenny. Y'all have a good day. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Toller Rattlers, Coach Jeremy Mullins. Thanks again to Coach Mullins for joining us on today's show. And now let's take a look at this game, Kenny. Toller 11-0, Marlin 7-4 on a five-game winning streak. It's going to be played Thursday night in Crowley at that brand-new stadium they have over there. It's been – I haven't seen it in person, but I've seen pictures and videos of it. It looks really, really nice. But, you know, this is a playoff rematch from last year, too. And Toller, with how their season ended last year, they're on a mission right now. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's a rematch. And, uh, you know, I don't think Toller has played an athletic team like uh, Marlin this mm-hmm. year. You know, they know what Marlin brings. Uh Maybe a little different from last year, but basically the same thing. And, and if you're Toller, man, they play really great defense. Uh, Evan Brown runs the heck out of the ball. He's got over 2,000 yards rushing this year. Uh, it's just going to be a big old fat smash mouth uh, football game. And uh, I would love to go watch this game up in Crowley. Uh, but I, I, I think I got Toller moving on in this one. I, I agree. I mean, Toller, I mean, their defense is just listen to their scoring outputs. Over the last six, over the last five weeks, 50, 59, 56, 63, and 61. Oh, and hey, five of those six games were shutouts as well. So, you know, un- it's unbelievable job on both sides of the ball. Coach Jeremy Mullins has this team rolling. And I'm saying they're on a mission now. I think they're on a beeline for the region, region championship here. I'll take Toller in this one as well. Yeah, and if you look at their defense, and we talked to Coach Mullins about it, I mean, they've got guys with – 18 tackles for losses, 13. That, that's what the stat I like to look at is like, you know, because you – Who can get in the backfield? Yeah, you can't really go by sacks because you play a lot of running teams. But I like looking at who can tackle the ball carrier behind the line of scrimmage. And Toller does a really good job with that. Yeah, absolutely. And they're just – they're so big. They're so physical up front as well. And just they're – for again, for a 2 team, they're really, really big and strong. It'll be – Really, really interesting to see how they match up with the athleticism of Marlin because Marlin's seven and four record. It's not in, it's not indicative of their talent. They started off zero and three, and they won you know seven of the last eight games, and that's because they were injured for a lot of the games as well. So you know they've really picked it up as of late. Coach Ruben Torres 
has his team rolling five game winning streak. Their last their last loss was a thirteen point loss at Crawford. They played Crawford closer than anyone else in district player, probably for the whole season for that matter. So they're playing really, really good football right now. It'll be a great matchup, but I think I think Toller will get the win here and move on. Yeah. And now Moving back up to Class 3 Division 2, Riesel taking on Bangs. This game will be played at Burleson ISD Stadium this week. And uh, before we dive into this one, Kenny had a chance to sit, to sit down with the head coach of the Riesel Indians, Coach Tyler Crow. We'll have that for you right now. All right. I'm here with uh, Tyler Crow, head football coach, AD for the Riesel Indians. Coach, how are you doing today? Oh, doing pretty good. Hey, Coach, thanks for hopping on with us. I know this is a busy time of year. Uh, it's kind of like deja vu all over again, I heard somebody say one time. Uh, a winner-go-home game last year, a winner-go-home game this year. You knocked off the force, the, the number one seed. It's got to be a pretty good feeling. Uh, no doubt about it. You know, we're kind of a mirror image of last year. Uh, we had to go into the, the last game of the regular season and win to get in uh, two years in a row. Uh, we were able to do it both years, and we got in as the four seed uh, last year and this year, and so we took on the district champ from the other district, and um, we were able to play pretty good defense in both games and run the ball pretty well, um, and we were able to kind of, I guess, an upset compared to the rest of the state um, <laughs> as far as they're concerned. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's very similar, um, our path so far uh, this year and last year. Well, I'll tell you what, and um Last week's episode, we talked to Curtis Quinlan, and we we're like, "This isn't a normal four-one seated game." You know, I thought Riesel had every chance in the world to, to knock off Cayuga. I'm not going to lie; I picked Cayuga, but I really thought that man, if there's a chance for a one-four upset, this is the one. And Curtis agreed. So, how do you get your guys mentally prepared? Hey, we're going. We're the. We're, we barely made it in. Now we got to go play somebody else's district champion. Is it just next? I mean, same same way every game, or do you get do the kids get hyped up? How's that work? Uh, you know, um, we kind of we kind of try to tell them and and show them and set up our program around uh, the fact that we build everything up for these types of games, for this type of weather, for this type of season with our backs against the wall. Um, so it's not new for our kids to feel like their backs against the wall. Um, and so some people say some games are bigger than others. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know if your backs against the wall um, and you're not used to it, then it's a it's an uneasy feeling. Um, and so we, we try to build our kids and our program in a way that that's a normal feeling for them. And so um, for us, we know what it's like, um, and it's not this uneasiness. Um, we understand the, the, the magnitude and the pressure of it, um, but it's not our first time feeling that. And so I think that helps us and gives us an advantage, especially because by the time you get to the playoffs, everybody's win or go home. Um, and so, um, you know, you want to you kind of be ready for that type of feeling and not be surprised. Absolutely. And, you know, last year, the district you came out of, man, what a tough district. You dropped down a classification and, oh, yeah, you get Crawford and Marlin. So it really didn't get much easier. But your guys, they did a great job throughout the season. Um, let's talk about your run game. You like to run the ball a lot. Uh, Mason Heath, he seems like he's kind of one of your primary ball carriers. No doubt. Um, you know, I've, I've been at a bunch of places. Most coaches have, I guess. Um and so what I've kind of figured out is you kind of got to play to your kids' strengths because they're the ones that are on the field. Um, the kind of kids we have here are pretty hard in those kids. We're pretty big. Um, we're pretty physical. So that kind of points us towards a power run game as a general rule. And so that's kind of what we decided we were going to build on when I got here is kind of the strengths of the types of kids that live in Riesel. 
And so uh, Mason Heath definitely is one of those guys. we got a big offensive line. They're physical. Um, and so everybody always talks about how big we are. Um, and so I guess we are pretty big. Uh, but uh, Mason does a good job. Gavin Oliver does a good job for us. Um, and we kind of spread the wealth after those two. So, um, you know, the rest of the guys have about an even amount of carries and touchdowns and yards behind those two. Um, so if, if you stop those two, uh, we got a couple other guys that have carried the ball and scored and um, done some things that we've asked them to do. All right, so this week you got Bangs. So what are you expecting out of Bangs? Man, uh, they come from a tough district too. So um, they've got Toller and Coleman in their district, and we got Crawford and Marlin in ours, and we're all still playing. Um, so that kind of tells you where we're at. Um, three of the four teams in both of these districts are still in. And so uh, they, they've seen good football, and they've been hardened up as well, kind of like we have. Uh, so their kids know what it's like to, to play against some good opponents. Uh, they're, they're running back, number 20. His name's Guy Powell. He's a player. He's a special kid. Um, and kind of he's the one that makes them go, and So especially offensively. He's their leading tackler on defense. I mean, he's leading the touchdowns and rushing yards and all that. Uh, they kind of spread you out a little bit. Uh, I think most of that is probably just to keep your nose out of the box so they can hand him the ball. And they, they're good enough at throwing it if you – Jam the box in there. They'll they'll throw the ball out there, and so they're obviously a good football team. I think they're seven and four. But like I said, um, you know they played some pretty good teams, so uh, no no shame in the four losses for sure. Yeah, absolutely. In that region you are in is just it's man, what a tough region. Uh, you got games this weekend that could have been region finalists with you know with Toller and Marlin and, and Coleman and, and Crawford. Well, hey, coach, we wish you all the luck in the world. I hope all your guys get through this game. Uh, safely and, and injury free and I hope y'all get to play next week we appreciate you hopping on I appreciate you thank you so much and that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Riesel Indians coach Tyler Crow thanks again to coach Crow for joining us on today's show and now Kenny let's look at this game Riesel taking on Bangs Riesel got a really nice win to open the uh, playoffs last week 28-7 to they won last week over Cayuga, and that kind of that surprised a lot of people. Cayuga being the number one seed district champion out of their district, and Riesel being the number four four seed out of their district, just coming out and beating them by twenty one. And especially on the defensive side of the ball, they played very very well last week. Yeah, and we talked about it with uh, you and I talked about it. We talked about it with Curtis Quinlan. This wasn't your normal one versus four seed yep, game because exactly. uh, although Cayuga did win their district, man, they kind of you know. I'm not going to say struggle, but weren't very impressive there at the end of the day. You know, they beat a, a, a winless uh, Itasca team by two or one or two. Uh, and we knew Riesel, you know, we, we, we know what they have in them. Last year they did the same thing. It's a, mm-hmm. a winner-go-home game last year, a winner-go-home this ga- uh, game this year. And then they go to the first round. They, they roll against Cayuga. I like Riesel. The Mason Heath running back is a is a pretty much a force. And uh, I got them rolling against Bangs, and Bangs comes from a, a tough district, just like Riesel does. You know, you got uh, the we talked about Toler and Coleman, uh, mm-hmm. tough, tough district. But I've got a, I think Riesel rolls in this one. I think Riesel gets the win as well. And as you mentioned before, the Coleman Blue Cats they'll be taking on the Crawford Pirates. This game will be played Friday night in Weatherford. How about this for a second round matchup? This is a hell of a game, man. <laughs> and I would love to go watch this game. And it's a shame that it's in the first round, but golly, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Coleman, 
you know, they're only well. I think they lost to Mason, or the, you know, they they stumbled early in the year. Yeah, but, uh, the, they're nine and two. Their their two losses are to Lano, one of the top teams Lano, in class Lano's three division, a top three team, yeah, thirty one to six, and an, only a ten point loss to Toller. So they're. Their, yeah. bo- their body of work, and they've got some really good wins. They beat Mason in the in the beginning of the year, seven to six, in a defensive slugfest. And in district, they did they did a really good job. They beat Hamilton, a, a current a team still in the playoffs, forty two to seven. Yeah, and they beat Bangs, a team that's still in the playoffs, forty seven to nothing. So this is a really good Coleman team. But you look at Crawford, they're eleven and zero, arguably the top team in Class Two A Division One, and you know. Especially if they get a signature win here, I think Crawford is just on a beeline straight to AT&T Stadium. And I agree. And uh, although they do have a tough task this week, man, mm-hmm. Coleman's going to be – this is a regional final type game, in my opinion. In round two. Yeah, yeah, in round two. Uh, I think Crawford wins it. And yep. then I can't help but look forward to what may be down the line in a Toller Crawford game, uh-huh. and uh, we talked about it earlier. And, and, I, and dude, if, if I don't, if I can, I'm going. Yeah, you know? no. Hopefully, that's Waco ISD or maybe Steve, Steve Miller or Glen yeah. Rose, something like that. But man, I'd love to go watch that game. Have our first CTFP road trip. That'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> that'd be the that'd be the game to see. We need somebody to sponsor lunch on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just reach out to us CTFPpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Crawford. I think Crawford takes one. It's going to be a heck of a game, man. But I think these teams match up well. Both have really good bodies of work. They have really good teams against really good wins against really good teams. I think they match up well here. But Crawford, they're they're a machine right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be a really really fun matchup here. But I think Crawford takes it as well. Now moving down to Class Two A Division Two. Not much to say here. Matt, this is going to be played in Madisonville on Friday night. Mart taking on Cushing. I just want to take, take a second and say congratulations to Cushing. They've been playing football since 1947, and they got their very first playoff win last week. Oh, really? And they buy this round. Their first playoff win ever. So congratulations to Cushing. Man. And uh, you are now rewarded with a matchup against Mart. So, <laughs> so you know. There um, you go. <laughs> yeah, you, you got your win. You've had your fun, but now it's – I mean, there's just not much to say here, man. You, you want to talk about teams that are on a beeline to AT&T Stadium? I don't think there's going to be anyone to really challenge Martin. Now, they will be on a collision course, hopefully, in the semifinals for a matchup against Chilton, and that would be a really, really yeah. fun matchup there. But, I mean... Well, when we get to Chilton, you know, Chilton's got to get through Burton first, I believe, to, to get there. And mm-hmm. that, you know, I think we asked Step that question earlier in the year, you know, what would be Mark's biggest hurdle? And he, he said Burton. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mark, dude, God, you know, we, just, we, we probably got, if you're counting six, man, we got Abbott, we got China Spring, we got Crawford and Mark. Those are your four probably pretty solid favorites. Very to, great chance yes, to make to it. get to Arlington, and we hope they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Chilton, you know, nothing against them. But, uh, yeah, Mart is pretty much is if, if I if I was going to wager your money on any of these teams making it to state, I, I would have to put it on Mart. I, I couldn't agree more. But, yeah, I think Mart rolls here. Again, this could be played uh, Friday night in Madisonville. You'll be able to hear this game uh, on ESPN Central Texas, 92.3 FM, 1660 AM, or you can stream it online at centexsportsfan.com. Uh, Tom Barfield, Coach Johnny Tuso will be on the call. For that one, Mart versus Cushing, Mart will roll in this one. And our next matchup, staying in Class 2A Division Two, Price Carlisle taking on Wortham. This is going to be a fun matchup here too, Kenny. Yeah, and, man, I really like Wortham. I mean, they run the ball. They they play good defense. They had a slugfest uh, the last game of the year against Dawson. Rolled last week. 
And I, I can see them rematching Mart, you know, in this regional final. And I think that'll be another great game. And uh, hopefully it's not the same uh, day as the Toller Crawford uh, <laughs> uh, game. But yeah, man, I, I got uh, Wortham winning this one. I I actually have Price Carlisle winning this one. Carlisle is 10 and 1. They played excellent on both sides of the ball, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, the, the Indians, or is that their mascot? Let me check. I don't, I don't even know where the hell that's at. <laughs> Price. <laughs> they are the Indians. I'm going to them. They're t- yeah, 10 and 1 on the year. And they, both teams won big. Wore them one big last week in their body district round. Price Carlisle beat Evadale, or Evadale, however you say it, 74 to 14. So both teams are rolling right now. But, I mean, this is this is a coin flip type of game. You know, you know, Carlisle has 10 wins for a reason. Wortham, Wortham probably played Mark closer than anyone else. They only lost to Mark by, like, 22 points or something yeah. like that. So, you know, they're battle-tested, playing the teams that they have. <sighs> coin flip for me, but I, I'll stick with my original pick. I'll stick with Price Carlisle here. And then now... Staying in Class 2A Division 2 again, one of the teams we were just talking about, Chilton, taking on Brackettville. This game will be taking place at Batlin Billy Stadium over in Fredericksburg. Great town, by the way. Oh, yeah. I love going down there. There's a place there. I forgot. I think it's called Hondo's, and it's the greatest people-watching place in the world. So (laughs) get there about 10 o'clock at night and just sit on one of them picnic tables and watch the, uh, the bachelorette parties dance and who knows what you're going to see there, but it's a great place. And also, I guess, free plug here, but whatever. It's, it, it, I think it's worth it. There's this old there's this old restaurant out there, like out in the country, outside of Fredericksburg. It's called the Alamo Springs Cafe. Top three burger you'll ever yeah, eat. Yeah, the burger so. and the, and the aren't they onion rings? The like onion they, rings yeah. are like their, their signature things, too. So they're... Well, I've been there once. It's and so good. So we went to Hondo's or whatever, you know, the, mm. the place. Mm. And then we ate dinner... At a restaurant, or a, it's called Rake Fellers, but it's underneath mm-hmm. the old hospital. Mm-hmm. It's a German spot. Mm-hmm. Best, uh, I love schnitzel, and it's the best yeah. schnitzel I ever had, man. Golly, it's great stuff. Go to Fredericksburg is yeah. what we're saying. But uh, yeah, as for the game itself. Hold no. on, time out. If you're in Fredericksburg, <laughs> listen, if you're in Fredericksburg and you need a snack, there is a dips and chip place that you can just go in there and you don't even have to pay for it. You can go in there and dip and try all the different dips like in four different wings of oh the store. God. That's and amazing. Yeah, that's lunch. That's brunch right there. You don't have to pay for it. You just go in there and try all their dips. Crackers and it's, it's awesome. So, oh, that sounds so good. So do that if you're down there. It's, down, it's downtown. I guess we'll talk about the game eventually. Yeah, Chilton and Brackettville. I think Chilton rolls here, Kenny. Yeah, uh, man, Chilton's a... Uh, they're pretty good, and I don't see anybody stopping them. And probably until until Mart, yeah, until they get to Mart. And that'll be a really great, really, really great, great game if that ends up being the case. It'll be really fun to see. But I think Chilton rolls tonight. Uh, now moving back up to Class Four A Division One, Stephenville taking on Anna. This game will be played at Midlothian IC Stadium, great stadium by the way. Um, Anna, they've had. They've been a team that's been really, really down for a while now, but they've had a really, really magical year this year. They are 11-0 undefeated, and they've been rather dominant all year long. You look at these scores, 40-0 over Maybank, uh, 49-21 over Paris, and they dominated in their opening round last week. They played Frisco Panther Creek 62-24. 
Now, they've had a really, really great year for them, and it's just been really nice to see that as well. But Stephenville, you know, they fell out of the top ten. They had – I think they let a loss beat them twice. You know, they lost in that last second field goal to China Spring, in China Spring. And then they just – I don't know what you would call that performance the week after. They lost to Alvarado 50-49, to and their defense just, I mean, their defense hasn't been great all year long anyway, but giving up 50 points to, granted, a good Alvarado team, but an Alvarado team that I think is a year, a year behind. They're, they're in their first year under uh, Coach Casey Walraven. I think look out for the Indians for the next couple of years, but still, that's, that should have been a game that Stephenville should have won. But, you know, they picked it up as of late. They're on two straight wins, 14-point winners over La Vega to close out the regular season in La Vega as well. And then they last week they took care of Fort Worth Dunbar and Burleson 56-20. So, you know, 9-2 against 11-0 here. But I think when you look at Stephenville's body of work, I think they played a lot tougher competition. The common opponent between these two was Decatur. And Stephenville beat Decatur 54-32. And then Anna beat Decatur 54-35. So if there's one comparison there between those two teams, it would be that. Yeah, and, you know, this uh, Anna team, man, they really haven't been challenged since week four. Yep. You know, close game against Aubrey, close game against Salina, that north uh, north of the Frisco area, uh, you know, which they play great football up there with uh, Tioga and Gunner and, and uh, Pottsboro. Uh, I think you can't count – Stephenville out just yet. And, and a lot of people are picking Anna in this game. But with their offense and, and what they can do, man, I, I just – I'm going to roll with Stephenville until they get beat. I, I agree. I'm going to take the Yellow Jackets as well. I think it will be a sneaky good matchup here. I mean, again, you are what your record says you are. Anna's 11-0 and for a reason. Yep. You know, in Stephenville, they've had a really, really tough schedule as well. But they, they've come out of it 9-2. and two. So far, I think it'll be a really fun matchup here, but I'll take Stephenville as well. And then our final game of the area round Central Texas football podcast preview, Axtell, the Longhorns, getting their first playoff win since 2012 last week and a thriller over Rosebud Lot 28-27. Uh, they got Hamilton, who got an upset win last week in the by-district round. This game will be played... Uh, I believe it will be Friday night at Hewitt Midway Panther Stadium. Yep. And how about Coach Craig Horn, man? His first year at Axtell, they're 8-2 and two with the Bride District Championship, their first in a decade. Really big dunes there in Axtell. Yeah, if, if you thought we were done tooting his horn, well, we got one more week of it because, yep. man, uh, they were down early. Uh, and this goes to show, you know, uh, uh, who they play. Axel, yeah, Axtell. they have Rosebud. Lott. Yeah, Rosebud Lot missed the extra point, mm-hmm. and that proved to be the yep. what did them in. You know, uh, Rosebud Lot's a terrific team. Axel got down early. They they came back. They fought back, and uh, now you know, kind of like Riesel. You know, you look at Riesel and Axel at the beginning of the year. Did you really think they had a chance going three deep? You know, no. we knew Riesel did it last year, but you thought maybe that's just a one off deal. But now now you got two teams that have a chance that you probably didn't think we're going to maybe make the playoffs, maybe, you know, go uh, two rounds. They got a chance to go three rounds deep. Now, it's not going to get any easier, you know, for both these teams if they win this week. But uh, I like Axel. I think Coach Horn, he's going to have, you know, he he's involved, I believe, at one time he was on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. You know, yeah. I think when he's in Tennessee Hall, he called both sides of the play. He called defense and offense. And I think he's got some coordinators out now there that at Axel that kind of do some of that for him. Mm-hmm. But he's very involved and uh, – 
He's a defensive guy, I think, first, and uh, I think he'll. I think. Uh, I think he'll have him ready, and I like Axtell in this one. I'll take Axtell as well, and that'll be huge for just program that has just struggled for years as of as of late, and then just Coach Horn coming in his first year already getting a by district championship. If he's able to take Axel into the third round in his first year, that'll just be really, really big doings down there in Axel. It'll be yes. really nice to see. Somebody needs to find the stats on the last time they were three-round team. Yeah, yeah it's I, probably been a while. It's been a while, yeah. So, But it'll be really, really fun to see. Uh, I, I think you know Hamilton, they're a good football team. They came out of a very tough district as well. So it'll be it'll just be Yeah, that's a first-year head coach over there because Coach mm-hmm. uh, Jones, he you know he went to Lindsey. Pretty late in the year, and I think they promoted an assistant over there. And man, I, I don't know his name, but he's doing a heck of a job. Yeah, there's, and yeah, that that surprise win. They who they have in the by district round? Let's check that. They beat Tioga. Tioga, which is up there in that Chad little, Rogers Ball Club. Yeah, and the, he's a former Denison or Sherman Denison, coach. You Denison. know, he, that that was so he took that job like kind of during the COVID stuff in 2020, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a where. A lot of these coaches from bigger schools, they were, like, getting away from all that. The big cities. All and that stuff yeah. where, you know, with all the COVID restrictions, and they, mm-hmm. they were going to these little towns yep. in Tioga. And, and I talked to Craig about it uh, when we kind of talked about the possibility of maybe him playing in the second round. Mm-hmm. You know, Tioga is one of those towns that's growing. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, even though they may have turned in, like, whatever, 220 kids, they were probably closer to 300 kids now because they just – that area is growing. You know, that's mm-hmm. that – Corridor with Salina and Aubrey yep. all the way up to Pottsboro, Winsboro. Great football up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, heck of a job by Hamilton for knocking those guys out in the first round. Yeah, and it'll be a really fun matchup here, actually, against Axtell. But I'll still take the Longhorns to get an area round victory here. And that's going to do it for our area round previews. All the games from – all the big games from across Central Texas in the area round. Still a lot of great football teams left from the Super Centex region. It'll be really, really fun to see. And then a really, really fun segment we have here. You got you you talked with uh, Coach Mike McEacher and the Pflugerville AD. And to get us a really nice perspective over how some of these playoff games are, you know, prepared and how these – how they're scheduled and how they're, you know, set at all these stadiums and whatnot. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but, man, that always intrigues me. Yeah. Like, okay, where are we playing? Who, who are we playing? Uh, what time? What day? And I always, you know, wonder, so does the AD call or does the coach call? And mm-hmm. some people know. You know, some people may be in the know, and they, that's – that interesting, but I always thought it was interesting. And Coach Max was awesome enough to hey say, yeah, man, I'll talk to you about it. Let's let's uh, let's sit down and, and holler. And uh, Coach Max, you know, my old baseball coach, he's a great dude, a uh, great educator. Uh, has been you know won awards, you know, about mm-hmm. being a great educator. Yep. And uh, now he's uh, the AD at Pflugerville, which he deserves that job, and it's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, we got to talk to him. Yeah. So here's Ken's interview with. The athletic director at Pflugerville ISD, Coach Mike McEacher. Okay, I'm here with Coach Mike McEachern, the athletic de- director of Pflugerville ISD, former uh, athletic director, head football coach at Huffman Hargrave, former OC baseball coach at Academy, former baseball coach at Whitney, former baseball coach at Godley. So I ran into you at Whitney, uh, favorite coach ever, so I enjoy having you on. So now that you're a, an, an AD, at Pflugerville, I just thought it'd be a good idea to get you on and see kind of behind the scenes on how these playoff games are scheduled. So say uh, you're you're at a small school, a 3A school, and you just clinched your playoff spot and your first-round opponent just clinched their playoff spot. 
what happens next? Who gets a hold of who? How do y'all decide all that? Well, Kenny, I appreciate it when you started introducing me like that and saying all those places I've been. It sounds like I've been moving around a lot. But <laughs> I didn't feel like I had throughout that career, but uh, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, a lot of things go into playoffs that a lot of people don't recognize. You know, those just things that you show up at a stadium, watch the game, and there you go. But when once you've clinched, you know, you have to then find a location, a neutral spot, especially for those lower the lower classification schools and, you know, finding a, a neutral spot that's available and has the workers, especially the deeper you get in the playoffs, to have the workers, stadium workers available, that's that's sometimes hard to do. Um, you know, we always tell our coaches to, to plan ahead, don't look ahead. You know, so many coaches are so superstitious that, you know, we got this game this week, I'm not going to look into next week. You know, I tell them we don't look into it, but we, we prepare. And you have to. You have to look ahead or get ahead, I guess you would say, uh, for trying to secure a spot. Also with that, you've got to agree on officials. Um, and then that that's, you know, if no one ever wants to use the home officials from each group. So they usually have to go with an outside an outside chapter. So you've got to secure that. Uh, you Now you have these online tickets. So you have to get that information out. You have to get uh, make sure that you're making contact with the dance, the drill team, the bands, the cheer, and, and all of that. Uh, charter buses a lot of times start coming into play, and this time of year, charter buses are actually hard to find. So it, there's just so many moving parts and so much. You know, we always give our coaches a playoff checklist that you have to go down and, and, and try to get all of that secured. Okay, well, let's look at this scenario. So, Coach, our team one, seed one, is going to play seed four. So you're right. a 3A school, and uh, team one wants to play on Thursday night, but team four wants to play on Friday night. Well, how, how do they – do they flip a coin or they, they kind of – is it like a give and take? Okay, if you want to play Thursday, then we'll play you 30 miles closer to our home site, or yeah. is it just kind of a give and take deal? Yeah. It's crazy. I've been I've been part of a lot of conversations, and sometimes it does come to that. Sometimes it'll be somebody who really wants to play on a Thursday, and somebody who really wants to play on a Friday, and that person will say, "I'll tell you what, we'll we'll play a little closer to home, or we'll come to your place, or we'll let you be the home team." Um, I've heard coaches say, "You know, hey, we got a new set of white uniforms this year that we haven't got to wear very much. We really want to be the visitor, or you know, something like you said, I want to play on a Thursday, and we'll you know we'll play closer to you." If they can't decide, it does become a, a coin toss. And what's now taken place of the coin toss is actually the coaches don't meet and flip a coin anymore. They do what they call a zip code. And uh, one coach will name a city and the other one real quick will say odd or even. And whatever the last number is of that zip code, it's odd or even. That's how they, they decide on <laughs> who, who wins. So it's not actually a coin anymore. But it, a lot of that goes into play. And you'd be surprised, uh, especially with officials. It's so funny that, you know, People have their chapters that they don't want to use, or they didn't they didn't win in the past, and so they'll always want to. Maybe getting officials to come into Central Texas from El Paso, so you got to be careful. Okay, so hey, thanks for that insight. So you had a pretty good playoff game last week with Columbus and Lorena, and now you got some more scheduled this week. So how is that process? Are they getting like after they they win, they're they're calling you saying, hey, we want your field, or how does that you know, work? Yes, absolutely. So the first week we had a couple of schools, and the, the way that most stadiums will make their rental is once you have a firm confirmation and all the schools involved promise that they'll play there if they win. Uh, the reason being is you don't want a couple of schools to 
to say they want it, and then at the last minute their opponent doesn't want it. So now your your whole stadium staff has been prepared to set up for a game, and then you get the call that you're not having one. We had Columbus and Lorena last week. Great game came down the last second field goal by Columbus to advance. Um, this week we have Lake Travis and Cibolo Steel. You know, last last week as soon as the game was over, my phone just started blowing up on people that wanted it. Um, this for round three, I've got eight to nine schools right now that possibly want to play here so a lot of it is your facilities you want to have great facilities your location where you're located in the state uh do you have easy access you know are your locker rooms big because a lot of times these smaller schools they'll bring up extra kids for the playoffs so you know now they're carrying 50 to 60 kids so they want big locker rooms um so a lot of it does go and what can you accommodate you know do you have a jumbotron do you have new turf uh, just those, you know, what kind of seating do you have for the band? All those things are, are considered when people are looking at playoff spots. Hey, Coach, we appreciate it, man. I, I've, I've always been interested in that. Hopefully our listeners were interested. I, I, it's always been cool. You know, I've always waited, uh, you know, who's playing who, where, and all that good stuff. So I appreciate right. you giving us some insight. You bet. I enjoyed it. And that was Kenny's interview with the athletic director at Pflugerville ISD, Coach Mike McEachern. Coach Mack, thanks again for joining us on today's show. This is the second time we've had him on. It's really, really fun to have him on. Really fun interview. And that was it was just really cool to, to gain that perspective on how these you know playoff games and sites are kind of planned out. Yeah, and we really didn't get into the big, big schools because I'm sure the athletic directors kind of handle that stuff. And I'm sure they get the input from the football coach. But mm-hmm. I think these small schools, you know, it's the, it's the head football coach you know, bargaining and and, mm-hmm. and wheeling and dealing, trying to figure out. Yeah, and I know last year, uh, Whitney Mount Vernon uh, seemed like Whitney got the short end of the stick when they had to go to Tyler to play them. Yeah. And who knows how all that came about. And uh, But, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. So where are you headed? So have we talked about that? You're going to – you're going to go so, see Whitney Thursday? I will see Whitney Thursday. The second time I'll get to see him this year because – you know, every I've been having to call the university games this year, so they always fall on the same night on Fridays. And I would have gotten to see him last week, but I had to broadcast. I broadcast two games last week. I broadcasted last Thursday against West as or for West as well. So this is I got to see Whitney during homecoming, but I'll get to see them in the playoffs this week at Mesquite Memorial. So really looking forward to that. And Friday night I'll be in Giddings to uh, call the university's matchup against Fort Bend Marshall. That'll be interesting matchup i mean been a magical ride for the trojans all season long i just hope hope to see a great amount of fight for them because they're playing the number one team in the state it'll be a herculean task to get them to you know try to come out of that one with a victory but it'll be really really fun to see and that's where i'll be are you gonna be at the whitney game thursday i'm going to whitney thursday and uh we're going deer hunting Friday. So we're headed to Oklahoma to go deer hunting Friday, and I'll be there until Tuesday. So I'll have NFHS fired up there and, and any other uh, any other go. stream. So if you're in Giddings, uh, go ahead and tell Tootsie from Snow's Barbecue Hides <laughs> for us because she works. Uh, she used to work for Giddings ISD. I don't know if she still does, but she's the uh, pit master for Snow's Barbecue. There's a couple of uh, shows about her. She's awesome. But uh, yeah, I'll be deer hunting with the with my youngest boy, and then I think my daughter might come up there after Thanksgiving. So we're lucky enough to have a place up in Oklahoma to hunt. And uh, yeah, we always get the TV out. I got a 
NFHS uh, subscription, and we mm-hmm. put the lightning cord with the HDMI to the back of the TV, mm-hmm. and we watch uh, a lot of playoff games. It's fun. I love it doing that. I like going to playoff games, but it's awesome to watch. You know, be able to watch all those. So that's what we'll be doing. It's gonna be a fun weekend. It sounds like. Glad you get to do that. It'll be awesome. But again, that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to episode 14 of the Central Texas Football Podcast, covering the area round of the Super Centex region. Uh, we covered, again, 19, 20 games we covered this week. It'll be really, really fun to see. And thanks again to our guests for today, Coach Mike McEachern, Pflugerville AD, and the head coach of the Whitney Wildcats, Coach David Haynes Jr., Coach Tyler Crow from Riesel, uh, Coach Jeremy Mullins from Toller, and then the KXXV Channel 25 Sports Director, Jack Allen. And, of course, always thank you to Matt Stepp for his question of the week. Once again, that'll do it for us. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox. Enjoy the area round of the Texas high school football playoffs. Playoffs.